0: to Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith, uh, and we are presented to you, as always, by Geek Vibes Nation, and joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What up, Luke? Not much,
1: man. You know, excited. Finally, finals are about to start, you know. Finally is here. I can't believe a whole year's passed. Um, crazy to think that uh, I thought my team had high hopes, and uh, here we are, just, uh, you know, finally down the road, and a lot of disappointment, but excited that uh you know the finals are finally here upon us.
0: Yeah, indeed. But I, I gotta ask you, um, given that your team did not make it, how happy are you that the team that dispatched the Sixers and dispatched the team that beat your team made it out of the East?
1: <laughs> I mean, I had them going winning the East anyways before my team had dispatched. Yeah, but it is did, great right? to see. It. Yeah. Yeah, we both did. But it is great to see them, that they actually uh, prevailed. Um, crazy how they got here. Uh, I think it could have gone any way with uh, the Sixers series. Paul um, yeah. just bounced four times in Toronto's, in Toronto's way. If you really think about it, I mean, that's a crazy way to lose. And then for Milwaukee just to be taken care of by Toronto, Sixer fans have got to be like, man. We only were right there. If the bounce just went our way, we could have <laughs> yeah could have been a different story for us. But hey, that that's basketball for you in playoffs.
0: Yep. Hey, yeah, you're right about that. But yeah, as for the Sixers, like fucking roll it back, motherfuckers. Like nobody be afraid to pay. Like, yeah, like here's the thing, dude. You you're gonna you're gonna hate that Jimmy Butler contract in year like three, four, five, if you have to do the fifth year. Um Tobias is going to lose any amount of trade value the moment he signs wherever he signs, um, but like you don't have any other options at this point. You were you were that close. You've seen like from the 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 conference finals how close you were. Um, every all the other top teams have the potential to like take a step back um, in the East. Uh, so yeah, man. Like, if you're the Sixers, you gotta roll it back. You can't let you can't let it either one of those guys walk. I mean, you just you just can't afford it. Um, you made your bed, now you gotta lie in it. Um, it. That's just the way it is. So, we'll see what they do. Um, but uh, I, I I'll be really surprised if they don't. Um, you know bring both of those guys back if both of those guys want to come back. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll scout plays out. I think the bigger question is what they do with Redick. Um, do they bring him back? Do they try to find some, a cheaper option? Um, you know who would be great as a cheaper option would be Landry Shamit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, <laughs> we know where he is now. Um, but, anyway, <clears throat> let's jump into it. Uh, you know, I could go all day about what the Sixers need to do this offseason. But, uh, you know, we'll go from, you know, maybe a partially dysfunctional um, front office to a utterly entirely dysfunctional front office uh, in the L.A. Lakers. Um, seems to be even more of a shit show than we thought. Um, if you've read Baxter Holmes' uh, article on ESPN.com. Uh, Holy shit. Holy shit. Like, the amount of, like, people that he interviewed and, and like, the detail that he goes into in this article, if if anybody, uh, any of our listeners have not read it, I encourage you, like, go read that fucking article because it is fucking gnarly. Um, And he also did – he did a podcast um, with uh, Zach Lowe uh uh the, the low post podcast so uh go check that out as well very interesting listen um to kind of hear him uh you know Zach Lowe you know kind of delve into that article and ask him questions about it um but uh my big takeaways from this Luke uh one Rob Palenka like we all knew that like he had to go but like god I didn't know it was to this fucking extreme like like the biggest thing that got me, I mean, there's obviously the the uh, whole Heath Ledger thing, which is just I think that's almost that's more of a microcosm of the situation. Um, the macro in this situation is having two different fucking war rooms when you're on draft night, and having like almost all of your fucking scouting staff be surprised when you take Mo Wagner at number twenty five, and they apparently wanted Omari Spellman um and thought that was who they were gonna draft. And then for Polinka to to basically pin it on Josh Hart and say, like, Yo, well yeah, I, I talked to Josh Hart and, you know, he brought up some, some things that uh that just confirmed some of my suspicions and, you know, that, that um he he might not uh you know Might not pan out, might not be good. And then, you know, obviously when asked for clarification, Josh Hart was like, dude, I mean, all I told him was, you know, I mean, nothing – he couldn't see for himself that, you know, he's he's a little out of shape, but he's got a really, like, hard work ethic. Any – like, that should not discourage a smart GM from making a pick based on basketball skill set, knowing – what the nba can do as far as conditioning um and he again he didn't give he didn't give him any information that he didn't already fucking know um so to like throw it out there and kind of pin it on josh hart was super fucking weird and i, I feel like that I maybe mean, fuck josh hart might not be there next season so that might not matter but like these are the kind of like relationships that Poin is like cultivating there um it's just dude it's so fucking weird I don't know how you can be arguably the most popular basketball team uh in the world and just be this poorly managed this much of a shit show um and then you know the reports also come out about how magic was you know essentially there were these two different versions of them. There was the magic side and then the urban side, and you didn't want to catch the urban side. And you know, people were afraid to say anything to anybody in HR or anything because you know that. Well, obviously they're going to fucking take magic side. Um, that's not a good look either. Um, I don't think that's as concerning, specifically speaking, because magic isn't there anymore. Um, so that's not as concerning as the whole polinka thing um but that's not a good look either that's really like you don't want somebody there who you know basically can bully other people um and 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 you don't want to cultivate an environment where people who who go to work um are afraid to uh, you know object to any sort of actions that their boss, um, does like that's, that's not a good fucking work environment. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, those are kind of my, my two big takeaways, uh, from, from this whole article, what are your thoughts on it? And was, you know, what, what grabbed you in particular from this?
1: No, I mean, you took what I was going to say with the magic side. I mean, I'll get to blink in a second, but the magic side kind of surprised me because, we always knew it was a shit show, uh, like, getting run last year. Just all the signs were on the wall. I mean, the people are signing. It was just, like, everything was just, like, what the hell is going on, like, in with Magic and Polinka and everything in there? So, you kind of, but uh, the whole, like, the two different sides, like, what is he, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Like, that's how I got to go to work now? Like, you didn't want to see the urban side and, and, you know, all that. And, like, what really got my attention, too, was, Someone must have tipped Magic, and he was on ESPN, like, that night and just yeah. kind of, like, you know, shape it for himself and, like, kind of, like, deny it and all that. And just, like, Magic, at this point, I don't believe you because there's just so much that, like, you've already what you did on first take and all that and everything. And now, like, stuff's coming out about you and you're going to, like, instantly hop in and, like, deny everything and say like no, I kind of feel like it is true. So it's yeah. kind of like, uh, like I'm 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 happy as like a Celtics fan, but it's sad like in a sense of like what what is going on like, what is Genie doing like I, I hate to like point it on someone, but it's no going to end up coming down to Jeannie. and is like, does she know what she's doing? <clears throat> she had way too many cooks in the in the kitchen. Like you hear about the Ramesses and like all these like different people that have to put their input into it. It's just like, what is this like care of like an organization that you're running? And like you said, it's the number one basketball team in the world. So it's, you've got to have like a large staff and all that. And just from like the ground up, it's just like terror, like just terrible and all that. So it just, I don't know. It's it's shocking, but you know, it it made me kind of like feel like it was more true how quickly you saw magic on ESPN and all that. And then,
0: Yeah, You know, everything. Stephen A. having a... a, Just just to add on real quickly, like, his little spiel about how he was never brought into the HR department. Like, he's like, I never even fucking stepped foot in the HR department. Um, Like, the... uh, uh, Baxter Holmes, like, brought up in the Low Post interview, he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he didn't because everybody was so intimidated by him that no one was going to ever bring any of this shit up. That like for fear of being ostracized or you know um, fired or or you know whatever, um, so like like the fact that like well yeah no complaint was ever officially levied against you doesn't mean you weren't conducting business in you know ways that would be considered improper.
1: Yeah, so it just I don't know it's, that's the sad part, but the the other part with Palinka, I mean. At this point, you have to hold on to them for right now just because, like, it's already just a shit storm. You can't even make it look even more terrible because you're not going to convince anyone. I mean, one person that I thought could have taken the job was David Griffin. He obviously was like, no, I'd rather do things in New Orleans and stay away from you guys. I don't blame you. Yeah, so it's going to be, you know, I mean, your one hope is – I don't even know at this point. I don't think anyone wants to take the job, so – do you just I think keep Polinka? Yeah. I, I know they're waiting until the finals are over, but what are you so. I mean, well, wait, who'd you say? Not Bob Myers. Uh, who Dan, are you talking about?
0: Danny, Danny Ferry. Like, if you couldn't get any of the big names, I think you could get Danny Ferry, and he proved to be competent when he was in Atlanta. Um, he had the fucking. He got fired because like some random like racist shit that he said. Um I can't even remember the exact context of it, but saying something about like, we need to get more white people in the stands or some shit. Like yeah. That. Something, he said something really fucking yeah. stupid um, and it ended up getting him fired. Um, but I mean, that's he's several years removed from that now. Um, I, I think he would be a, a possibility who would be, you know, somebody who you could plug in who would actually be competent. Um, Brian Colangelo, um, obviously he had the whole uh, burner uh, account scandal in Philadelphia. He's a year removed from that. I wouldn't mind him either. I mean it's just like – but that's, that's the level of things. Like these are the guys – like there is, there is nobody on the open market that I would not rather have than Rob Polinka. Like Jeannie needs to get in there, wipe the whole fucking slate clean, and just hire someone and tell them build your staff. Do your thing. You're in charge. Go. Like, you don't have, like, run shit by me, but you don't have, like, seven different people that you got to run shit by. Like, that's not how you manage an organization. Um, and, you know, if she, if they do want to get somebody like Bob Myers um, or, you know, Masai or, you know, any any sort of big name, um, then that's how they're going to have to conduct, them, you know, their business. And, like, to me, that's how you just, you should conduct it regardless of whether you get a big name. Even if you get someone who's just, like, confident. Like, fuck, give me Ernie Grunfeld over motherfucking Rob Polinka. Like, Jesus. Like, th- this is just such a shit show. Now, all of this being said, I don't, I don't expect anything to happen. If it was going to happen, you would think it would have already happened. Like, I mean, you would have already. Made the decision, all right, we're going to go in a different direction. Maybe you don't know exactly what that direction is yet, but you would have already made the, the decision to go in a different direction. Um, so I don't, I don't expect any of this to change. I mean, I would hope that Jeannie Buss is smart. I mean, I don't think she's stupid. I would hope she's smart enough to see the writing on the wall, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think you, you stand back now. Um, but I think that's what she will do.
1: No, I mean, she will do it. And I mean, it's just at this point where it's just like, they're so invested. The bus family is so invested in it. She can't sell it. Cause there's nothing else that their family does. And it's just oh, like no. something to keep in, keep in your line and keep it going. But it's just like at right now, it's just like all of them have just been terrible for like their dad's legacy right now. I mean, it's very simple. I mean, just get the right people to run it and stay out. I mean, don't have so many people going into it. I mean, if you're trying to get like a Bob Myers right now, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to sell him on what you have right now. unless you sell him on the fact that I've been waiting to clear shop. But besides the Vogel that we just hired, it's just you and you choose everything. Just start from top down. What do you want to do? You can have magic stuff. Yeah. You can do whatever. So, I mean, it's just, but you have to wait. It's just, but, look, right now, it's like, it, it's to the point where it's just that whole, like, she's competing with some of the terrible owners in basketball, and it's just, like, it's not because wow. she does terrible things. It's because she doesn't know how to run things correctly, and that's surprising. Like, the other ones are just terrible, and it's just, like, you know... They torment their fans and all that, but this one is like, it's it's easy. You have the Lakers. That's all you have to do. Just get the right people and stop having thirteen people. I mean, I read that one article where I can't think of her name, but it's like one of her best friends is also like a big decision maker for her. And um,
0: oh man, well yeah, I I could... and Linda Rambis. She and Linda Rambis are really close, and like Linda Rambis has a lot of sway in the decision-making and she's really tight with Rob Polinka. So it's like, it's this fucking web of nepotism that has just fucking entrenched this organization. And God, it's fucking sad, man. Like, I mean, n- none of us are Lakers fans on this pod. Um, obviously not you, not me. Uh, definitely not Joel. I think he may hate the Lakers more than you do as, as crazy as that is to imagine. Um, but like, and, and Juwan, neither, but like, I don't know, none of us want to see an organization this fucked up, you know, like, it's like, it. it's just, it's terrible. Like, and, you know, we all know that, you know, when the NBA is at its best, um, it's when, you know, your, um, LA, your, your Lakers, your Celtics, your Knicks, your Bulls, like they're all kind of you know, these top teams, you want your big markets to do well. Um, And it's just, it's just not the case right now. I mean, the Celtics are the only one out of the, like, either historical or super big market teams that are even close to relevant. I mean, I guess you could say the Warriors, but like, like, they're, San Fran's, you know, the Bay Area is like a reasonable, it's, it's of the same ilk size market as Boston, but it doesn't have the the history, um, and you know so they're obviously a draw, but not not on the same level as those other teams if they were successful. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it's just it, it sucks. Like it, I, the I know Bill Simmons threw this out, and some other people have been talking about it. I've seen some articles pop up about it. Um like, what would you if if they strike out in free agency? Do you think there's a possibility that they trade for fucking Chris Paul? Because I mean, I think that's oh, yeah. crazy. But I mean, I can't put it past fucking Palinka, you know?
1: If Palinka's still doing it, even uh, I mean, unless you get the right person that's in there. I mean, Palinka's in it, and you struck like because okay if I'm a free agent right now, what is selling me on going to your organization? I've heard a lot of agents already didn't like Polinka. So that wasn't kind of working right. in his favor when he was an agent, I kind of heard he had already built that reputation and now I'm not right. a lot of GMs like you. So it's just easy, mm-hmm. like a word around and like, and just like everything that's written on the wall right now. Like, I mean, you're seeing it. I mean, they're definitely like looking at it. So like, what's selling me to go to, Play with you and and LeBron and I don't know what you're gonna do and if anyone's gonna even trade with you and all that. So like, I mean, I don't think they they're gonna strike out because still the Lakers and any, and they could turn around at any point. But I just I don't know what top free agents trying to go there now. Are you gonna settle mm-hmm. with uh, the 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 you know the tier three kind of level guys and sign them the big money or? I mean, yeah, like, I, I would
0: just, I could totally see them giving Vucevic a max contract, you know? Like,
1: yeah, and it's it, it, but, but like, why? Like, I understand you stuck out, but there's no reason. I mean, he's a good player and like, don't get me wrong. He'd be pretty good on the Lakers, but not the max contract. I mean, so I could definitely see no, him doing No, we saw like what he that, did but... in the
0: playoffs, dude. He got completely yeah. taken out of the fucking whole series. He didn't do shit
1: against Toronto. So it's just like, what would you do? In,
0: and then in the end, I mean,
1: it would be ironic if Chris Paul actually got traded to the Lakers at the time and it didn't get, you know, vetoed. So um, that would be funny. <laughs> yeah. But I, I honestly, even though... We got we finally like got Le- Chris Paul just like, you know, 10 years too late or whatever. Yeah. For, I, I know he's LeBron's boy and everything, but I hope LeBron's like smart enough to be like, you know, he's my boy, but I don't want to play with him. Like, you know, he's my boy, but I just don't want to play with him because, I mean, no offense to Paul, he, he's a good player, but he's not a playoff-leading point guard. He always has these issues with his players and all that. I mean, you just go back to Lob City and all that, and it's just running back right now what you've seen in Hardy. So it's not like he's he's the best player sometimes, and I think for LeBron, for their friendship, I, I think, like, I wouldn't want to play with them, but I wouldn't hold it past. If Polinka's still there and he has able, like, he's able to do, like, make his own moves and all that, and it, like, she doesn't fire Polinka right after the finals, then I could definitely, if they do strike out, yeah, Chris Paul. I mean, what other team would really honestly trade for Paul? Like, right now, I mean, I don't see him holding team, a
0: high market. The only other team, yeah, the only other team that I could come up with. That that made any amount of sense to me was the heat, um, just because like, like they could they could ship out some of those two year deals that aren't super nice, um, you know, like your James Johnson, um, your uh, uh, Ryan Anderson, uh, or no, he's expiring this year. Um, they, they I can't remember all who all Nick I think there, they, two years still Kelly uh, Olenek, yeah Olenek trade, yeah 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 and then they have one other one um too uh oh Deion Waiters so like if I could get if I could get out of like those shitty players that have two years left like I'm not sending you like a slew of expirings for him um I'm not doing that but like if you're willing to take you know a package centered around like two of those three guys and then figure out what salary makes the money work and all that. Um, Like I I might consider that if I'm the Heat. Like especially if I'm the Heat um, and I could make that move and then, you know, could potentially, you know, go to the Lakers and say, hey, um, you you missed all your big free agents, like – We'll we'll put together you know a, a reasonably decent trade offer for LeBron James involving like um, you know uh, Josh Richardson who's a really good young player on a on a team friendly deal Justice Winslow um, you know uh, the, uh, you know our first our number fifteen pick um, or 14, 13, number thirteen pick um, and then you know an expiring to make the the money work or whatever um, and we can throw in Bam Adebayo. So, like, you know, I I feel like if I could make it – if I could get off some two-year deals and get Chris Paul and then put myself in position to, you know, put a trade package together for LeBron. Because I feel like that – if LeBron were to be traded, I feel like that is, like, the one place that, like, he could be traded where he would not be, like, pissed off about it. Like, he'd be like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going back to Miami. Fucking love it in Miami. Going to play with my buddy we're probably not going to win a championship, but maybe we can get D Wade back for a year. Maybe we we'll bring Melo in banana boat, like Miami, whatever, you know, something like that. Um, but I mean, that's a, that's a still, it's still to me a stretch. Like I still, I still feel like Miami would be like, and do we really want to do that? You know, but if you're trading off two years, um, you know, for three, you know, two years of of contracts for three years of Chris Ball, you know, you're you're only giving up that one extra year of salary. Um, so it's not it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, but you know, and I, and I actually do feel like if I if I'm the Lakers, if I could get, you know, a, a package centered around a late lottery pick, Bam Adebayo, Josh Richardson, and you know, uh. Justice Winslow, like, I'd do that in a fucking heartbeat. Like, it, it, if I knew it wasn't going to piss LeBron off, like, if I knew there wasn't going to be, like, all these reports of him coming out saying, you know, he was just stunned by the trade and fucked the Lakers and all that, like, you know, I would, I would want to run it by him and be like, hey, like, we got this offer. You know, you can go back to Miami and, you know, get out of here and whatever. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he would be like, yeah, you know what? That doesn't sound that bad like that that actually I mean at least I can go back to a place I'm familiar with that you know I love being in you know go compete for you know in the playoffs in the east for the you know final few years of my career I don't know whatever um but again super 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 fucking long shot um but yeah uh, I don't I don't I don't see very many very many players taking that contract um well let's let's transition over to that though so we had a report come out that the Rockets uh, are, are making everyone on their roster available after losing to the Warriors in the semifinals. Um, now, it, I think there was some kind of like uh, parentheses saying like James Harden very unlikely, um, but it did not it did not specify that he was off the table. Um, do you think this is the right approach by the Rockets? Um, obviously they have the ongoing issue with um, Mike D'Antoni. So, you know, he's still on board, but they like pretty much fired his whole staff Um, and he's on a one year deal. They haven't been able to reach any sort of agreement um, for an extension. And, And I read like an article like an hour ago saying that like talks have broken down as far as any, any, um, Word on that extension, so they got that going on. They're they're putting all their players out, like announcing to everybody um, that that all their players are out on the market. Um, this this doesn't seem like a good look either. They also you know famously kind of um, tiptoed around the luxury tax at the trade deadline um, and moved all these various pieces uh, to get essentially, you know, to, to get out of the luxury tax, not a great look. I, I understand why they did it, and I don't fault them for doing that um, because the players that they wanted to get um, that would have been worth it to go over the luxury tax, they just couldn't work out any sort of deals for, um, i.e. your Jimmy Butler. Um, So I get that aspect of it, but still, like, you still could have put together – Better team had you decided, we really, really don't care about the luxury tax. Um, like it would have been really nice probably to have had James Ennis, uh, you know, give you twenty minutes a game in the playoffs um, as opposed to, you know, anybody else that was getting twenty minutes a game. Gerald Green, for example. Um, so Ennis actually proved to be pretty important for the Sixers um, in their run. Uh, but yeah, what, what, what's your take on this? Um, who, do you, who do you think is the most likely to be traded out of, out of any of these guys? Um, and just your general thoughts on the strategy coming out of Houston.
1: No, I mean, I don't mind that um, he listed, uh, like, if Mori is the one that, like, told I – mean, Woj is the one that tweeted out, and obviously if he talks to, you know – and, and they, like, I don't mind that everyone's on the tables. I mean, obviously, he's going to go to Harden and be like, yo, check it. Like, we'll talk, you're not. But I got to, like, because you can't make everyone right. mad that it's just, like, everyone's on the table but James Harden's off limits. Because now it's just kind of like looking like, yo, whoa. And, and it, like, say, for instance, what if they don't run it through a trade and they just run it back, like, and make ten things ten times worse for that. So, at least he kind of just put it out there, like, none of y'all are safe. So, just know that. So, I mean – in all honesty, I think that they need to wait, too, until after, you know, the whole free agency period's over because, I mean, if, I mean, even though you just lost to a durant List Warriors, I mean, I'd try to just run it back and do minor things, not major things, but, if you know, but, I, in all honesty, I like, I see that happening over someone getting traded just because, like you're saying, like, that Chris Paul contract is so bad. Like in four years or, or like three, do you want to be paying $42 million? Like that, that is what you're going to be paying for Chris Paul. That is just like a scary, like, no, 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 no. And like, I right. know like how you listed, like, you know, your teams that think that you do it. the only team that I feel like would kind of do it. And it makes sense just a little bit is if, Phoenix Suns strike out because I don't think I think they are going to strike out. I don't see anyone running to the Suns, but I could see the Suns doing it and no, taking on really his contract. Carry. I just I still don't I I think if uh, Rozier has any other like city competing and it's between like you know Phoenix and all that, I don't think he's going to choose Phoenix Chicago over it. I mean, they could, yeah, Pick Chicago like, and Orlando over Phoenix. All they could do is yeah. like max them, and I could see another team being like, alright, we'll max it too, and then you have the the Celtics that can always match it too, so I don't see Rozier, so (laughs) that contract is fucking scary the max contract for Terry Rozier God yeah, if if someone maxed them oh man, yeah, but but hey, you know you never know, I mean, I've seen crazy things happen, but Chris Paul's just going to be hard, but I could see Suns doing it I mean, you wouldn't even have to take that, I mean, what you could maybe take, I mean, you're not going to get TJ Warren, but that's like your best. I mean, if you could somehow trick them into thinking Chris Paul's worth that and do something like that. I mean, you just, at this point, you just want to get off this contract. If you're really, if, if, cause it is, I mean, th- there's three different, uh, like people running it right now and they all have like, it's, it's the owner and then Tony on one side and it's, Maury on the other side, so it's just like what's going on and all that, so.
2: Should have taken
0: that job in Philly.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) But, uh, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, what are they doing, but I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say because you can't, like Capella, you two trade assets because Gordon's on expiring, and it's just no point to just trade that. I mean, keep him on the team. If you're going to keep anyone, it should be in him because Harden's your long run building around, and Gordon's on expiring. So, why just get rid of that? He actually can do something for you. Unless it's a great right piece. Okay, but I don't like, see anything instance, coming.
0: I can, here's one that I, I've floated that I could see. Um, if you could somehow trade Gordon and like two future firsts for Covington, I would probably do that trade. Um, heavily protected, like, you know, don't get – obviously, Maury would make sure that they were. Um, but, like, the, I know there was that report uh, earlier today from Bleacher Report saying that, um, you know, the, the Timberwolves are interested in, in trading Wiggins to the Hawks. I seriously doubt that happens. Um, I don't think anyone is taking the Wiggins contract. Um, I, I just, I don't see it happening. Um, so you need to get off some money. Uh, so, you know, if you're able to get Gordon, um, who's a serviceable shooting guard, and hopefully you're hoping, uh, Joshua Koji can make that next step by next year. He comes off your books. You're saving a little bit of money that way. Um, I I don't, and you get to future first, like that, that could be a deal that I could see happening because I think Covington, his defense would be just like even better than Ariza's was, and the fact that he's a forty percent three point shooter um, would like k- kind of fit fit what you need. Um, he's not going to be the shot creator that Eric Gordon can be, um, but when you have James Harden and even Chris Paul to to a certain degree, um, I think I think that deal could make a lot of sense. But I wouldn't I, I wouldn't there's I, I can't think of anybody else that I would try to shop Gordon for. Like, that would be the only one.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's a dream scenario, I think, for, but that, that wouldn't happen, them to get Covington, even though you would have to give up two, like you said, very protective first-rounders, and that's the more enticing thing and getting off some money. But honestly, I mean, the three people I'm stuck, I'm definitely, if I'm going to blow things up and I'm not going to run it back after I see everything that goes down in free agency and where people land in, like, kind of see, like, the land right now and and everything. I'm, I'm like, PJ Tucker, Gordon, and, and Harden, that's uh, my three, and now i got to build around that. I mean, Capella's contract's pretty – it's not, like, a lot of money. It's just – it's 20 mil per year, if I'm not, like, mistaken.
0: Pretty uh, sure it's I, like no, that. Well, it's, it's a little less than that. I, I, it's like, I think it was like 15 this year. I think it was up to like sixteen five or 17 next year. Um, so it's in that ball. I think it was, I think it was five years, one ten, um, If I, if I'm remembering correctly, um, but it's a, it's an escalating contract. So it, it'll get bigger. It'll get a lot closer to 20 and surpass 20 by the end of it.
1: So it's just like, who who's in his market right now. I mean, how, what are you going to fetch for that? It's just, it's gonna be hard for yeah. Them Justin to really Barrier choosing. can shut
0: his fucking mouth about my Hawks trading for him. <laughs> like fuck you, Barrier. <laughs> I I honestly before like I like I had heard that
1: and all that. I honestly thought that your team could be one of them. You or Dallas, <laughs> um, were two teams that I thought could take on the contract because you know you kind of you're not there yet, but this. You know, you you could be, like, it's not like it's putting you over the mark, but it's helping you out in some areas where you're kind of weak. And, and Dallas, too, I don't see anyone going to them anyways. And, you know, and that is, even though these centers are going extinct nowadays, it's not bad to have a type of center like that. So And, like, what 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 else are you spending your money on? I mean, there's no point to do the – Malcolm Brown? Uh, like. I mean, you could do the Brogden, but but uh, but like, say you don't get him because M- Milwaukee can always match it no matter what. So match. Say right. like you you're not getting a restricted free agent. You're gonna go get an like, You don't want to do like the terrible, beyond like well, you know sure, all those deals that happened we, back in okay, 2012.
0: Though. So so I agree, but my counter to that would be that if we don't get the guys that. We target, say so we don't get any of the guys that we like. Then I feel like you try to find um, like an Alex Lynn type player that you can bring in for cheap for a couple years and see how they work out. Alex Lynn at five million dollars is fucking great. I'd rather have Alex Lynn out on the floor for most of the game than Clint Capella because Alex Lynn can shoot. He can shoot from three. Um, he can rebound. He's not. He's not nearly the defender that Capella is so I mean that that's obviously true but he has a big body who can work in the paint Um, you find like guys like that who you know you you can uh, maybe only one maybe two um, guys that you know essentially the market passed them by and and now they're trying to find a place to land Um, and then you trade for expirings You, you say hey Portland like give us a first round pick and we'll take Evan Turner off your hands, you know, so you can get under the luxury tax. But maybe, you know, if if the market is really saturated and a lot of teams are doing that, we could even say because we have the cap space, we even say we'll take him and, um, say Myers, Leonard, or Mo Harkless off your hands, like because all all three of those are expiring. Um, but we, you know, we want some assets in return. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, I I think that would be the better way to go. Especially to with Barrier's idea to give up Torian Prince, like I, I, if I'm giving up Torian Prince, I want to gain some kind of future asset, not necessarily, um, you know, a, a overpaid big man um, who, you know, uh, I you know I just don't I don't think fits in today's NBA at the price that he's being paid. Um, so like. If you're telling me all I had to give up was Miles Plumlee's expiring, okay, sure, why not? But like, I'm not giving up Prince and that. And if you're Houston, why would you would you really want to give up Capella for an ex- Miles Plumlee's expiring contract? Hell no. So that that's where I feel like there's an impasse there.
1: No, yeah, I mean, it, you have to get something out of um, if you're trading Capella. You got to get something out of him. I mean, Here's my only, like, kind of, like, I understand it completely where you're coming from. Here's, like, my kind of, say, for instance, the East doesn't get that much stronger, per se. Like, a lot of, like, Kawhi actually ends up going to the Clippers, and Kevin Durant ends up, like, staying out West and going somewhere and all that. And the East is kind of just still not as strong. And Atlanta, you know, has a good, decent draft, you know. They do what you don't want them to do and take a center and waste one of their Ugh. top picks on one of these centers and all that. So, you know, you're if obviously going to get the position.
0: With somebody better than Jackson Hayes. <laughs> That's all no, I have No, but say. you
1: get your wings. You get you get a couple of wings and all that, and you are helping, you know, you help them with that side of the, the defensive. And then, you know, and you still have your center position. Now at this point, and Capella could come in and help you guys, you would still say no to that, knowing that, hey, there actually could be a chance that we could be the Sacramento Kings of this year. And actually, with the East not being the West, we could sneak into eighth or seventh and yeah. Young and, and, and you know, in his second year and, and, and all that. get swept in the first and,
0: round. Yeah, hey,
1: that doesn't matter.
2: Trey Young in his that.
1: second year already learns what the playoffs is like and Collins gets to learn rather, what the playoffs are like. Better to know what I'd, that's I'd like rather, instead of five years from now, knowing the pressure it was it, like would, to get your heart ripped out.
0: Every, no. With lottery reform, <clears throat> with lottery reform, I'd rather just like finish like tenth, ninth, or tenth, and like get a shot at winning one of the top four picks. Like if you're telling me I get <clears throat> a six percent shot uh, at number one versus like a hundred percent chance of being knocked out in the first round. Uh, yeah, I'll give me the six percent chance at getting number one. Yeah, see, I don't know. I
1: mean, I just like the the upcoming drafts. There's no really transcendent player coming out for a while. I mean, it's gonna be three years till the next one. So I, at this point, I mean, might as well see what my young guys do. If, if the East, like I'm saying, if the East is weak, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be kind of like shocked or mad if I was a Hawks fan and and that trade ended up kind of shaking out. I mean. I understand where you're coming from. I but just don't think... If I want to... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, just for like my... I have a young coach. I have a young, very young team. I know who I'm building around and those two. And it's better to get them out there and start learning. And especially for my coach to start learning on his own what the playoffs are like. Because the regular season is nothing what the playoffs are. The the regular season really doesn't tell you anything about how well you're gonna do. I mean, yeah, you can be golden states and just be kicking everyone's ass and like sometimes in the spur, but it really comes down to like anything you have in the playoffs and it's a way different coaching game set and all that so and 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 everything. So might as well get out there and start figuring it out. Yeah, it's gonna suck in sweat and all that, but I mean look at the Celtics for instance. I mean, we got swept, I mean and then yeah, we didn't do good this year, but we still made the Easter conference finals last year. It's, I mean you're going to get past it. I mean, everything, you gotta, you got to stumble. I mean, your team used to do it with people that weren't young and, and all that. So, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed if I have a chance. I mean, yeah, there is the 6% chance. But right now, there's, there's no player that's coming in that's going to be overtaking Young or Collins. So, there's no reason that I need to keep on being in the bottom in my mind if I'm the Hawks and the East is where it's still at.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying – I'm not saying like I, – I want to phrase this in a particular context. I'm not saying I would be opposed to making the playoffs, but what I'm saying is if I had to commit to give up Prince, commit to Capella's contract, and that is what made me make the playoffs and lose in the first round, so I'm committing that money to Capella long-term for the next four years um, – I I don't know. I just, I'm not like a huge fan of it. I like John Collins playing the five. I think John Collins, in most instances, can play the five just fine. In the instances when um, you're going up against a Joel Embiid or something like that, you throw Alex Lynn out there and he's a bigger body, um, can still stretch the floor. Uh, Like, I'm fine with that. I don't feel like we need a center. Um, not to mention like, I feel like Omari Spellman is going to come back this year and, um, he's, he's going to play well. Um, he's a big dude. Um, uh, he's not super tall. I think he's only like six, nine. Um, but he's got a pretty impressive wingspan. Um, I want to say it's seven, three, seven, four, something like that. Um, and you know, he, I mean, he could be a guy, obviously he could play center. Um, you definitely don't want to give Plumlee a whole lot of minutes. That's a last, last resort. Um, but we got enough bigs. I, I I don't, I feel like rim runners are, are overrated. Um, I, I, I get the fact that Capella is like really solid defensively, um, at protecting the paint. Um, and he would certainly help us get some extra wins. Um, I just feel like that'd be a a case of like cutting corners. Um, plus, uh, what I was going to say earlier, um, Travis Schlink's mo is players who can dribble, pass, and shoot. Um, like fucking Capella can't do any of those things. Like really. Uh, so, you know, I don't feel like he fits the mold of the kind of players that um, that TS wants to go out and get. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't. I just don't think it makes sense coming from the perspective of. Um, what the GM has said time and time again, um, what, you know, the decisions that he's made in the past, um, and, you know, how I see, um, the organization moving forward. So, um, I mean, if he did it, I, you know, I'd be a little pissed about it, but I mean, I'd get over it. Um, I mean, fuck, I got over the Luca trade. So I mean, this would be, um, you know, uh, wouldn't be as, as devastating to me as that was, um, but nevertheless, I mean, I would still be, you know, I'd still be like, really, like, you're committing, like, fucking this much money to this fucking guy? Um, well, same thing with the Wiggins thing. Like, it's just it's, – it's an unnecessary amount of money um, to, to, like, give up any, any amount of asset um, – well, to give up any amount of asset for Capella – As it pertains to Wiggins, this is way too much fucking money. Like, I'm not – I don't want to pay a guy $30 million a year to take 18 shots and shoot 40% like, and shoot 67% from the line. Like, it's just 30 – what, 33% from three, I think, is what he shot last year. Um, So, same thing. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Hawks are going to be in like the realm of speculation because of their cap space, because they're rebuilding team, um, you know, because they have all of these various assets that they can move around. So I expect them to be in a lot of talks. I don't expect a, a lot of the things that are talked about to come to fruition. It's going to be the things, the things that happen are going to be the things that aren't talked about because that's kind of always the way the Hawks work. Um, you don't usually hear a lot about what's going on with them until it happens. Um, they're they're a very um, uh, enclosed organization. Not a lot gets out. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see how how it pans out. But uh, but yeah. Uh, so to tie it all back in, we both don't think Paul's really gonna be on. Like no one's gonna really want Paul except for maybe the Lakers, and even then, I think we're both skeptical of that. Um, I, I just to, just to throw this out there, like, you know, if I was the Lakers, I'd call up Maury and be like, you take LeBron for Harden straight up. Like, I I feel like, you know, along with this report that we got from the Lakers, a lot, you know, a lot of this dysfunction is, is obviously tied to Palinka and was tied to Magic. But there's a lot going on with LeBron and his camp and his dudes who get jobs and Rich Paul basically, you know, going and talking to Adam Silver about how he doesn't like Luke Walton. um, and, You know, like it, there's a lot of drama that, that just the LeBron camp brings in general, not to mention, you know, all of the shit that happened with the team at the end of the season after the Anthony Davis stuff. Um, You know, Harden's four years younger. I think he's four and a half years younger. Um, So he fits your timetable better. He arguably fits better with your current core because if you have Lonzo, um, you know, kind of being the distributor type um, who can maybe stagger minutes with Harden, um, and then, you know, you got Ingram, Kuzma, and then whoever you figure out at center, um, I mean, that's that's kind of a better fit in my opinion. Um, I mean, Harden's a tough guy to fit similar to LeBron. Um, But the biggest thing would be the age factor for me, for the Lakers. It'd give you a a bigger window. Um, Also, maybe maybe one of these free agents is more inclined to come play with James Harden than they would be LeBron James. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I'm just, I feel like it's pretty evident that most of these guys don't want to come and play with LeBron, you know, even aside from the dysfunction of the organization. Um, And I just feel like if you're, if you're the Rockets and you're looking at your situation, like, all right, we can't trade CP three. Nobody wants him without us giving up assets. Um, Capella, we, we maybe can move, but you know, probably going to prove to be difficult. Um, Like you said, we don't really want to trade Gordon or PJ Tucker, especially Tucker. I mean, his, it's like defense like i i had him second team all defense this year he's fucking terrific uh for them this year um and he's just he's affordable he's like ten million dollars a year or less um so that, I mean that's that's obviously a luxury um but i think if you if you plug LeBron into that lineup instead of harden i think you're just hoping like all right well you know come playoff time leBron's better than harden at least. History has bared that out. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with LeBron and his age, um, but, you know, our timeline pretty much goes by with where Chris Paul is because in three years, let's say let's say this. Let's say after the next two seasons, CP3 becomes expiring. Then he becomes easier to move. Um, so maybe you're looking at a situation where you can move him in three years, um, so after the next two seasons. But at that time, now Harden is going to be tailing off from his prime um, so it's like what can you really do with you know with that timetable going forward like i would just be like we 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 fucking we're so tied to Chris Paul now cuz he's in a movable contract like well fuck let's just go get let's just upgrade a player who fits in line with CP3's timetable that's LeBron James um, i don't know I, I, I don't think it'll happen, um, but I I do I do think it's I don't think it's a bad trade for either side for the reasons I listed. What do you think?
1: No, it's not a bad trade at all. It's just um it's one of those trades that won't happen. In the end, um it it does work for both sides like you're saying and all that, but I just I feel like the Rockets are already committed to this and they're just going to have to run it back and just see what happens with Durant and everything and just, you know, hope, you know, next year you just play the same thing and see if someone else knocks out Golden State without Kevin Durant and all that and see, like, what the West was really like. So I I just feel like Houston's going to stay pat. Now they might make some minor deals and all that and not do some things like they had to do this year where they sign some people and then do a bunch of cuts and try to get everyone that's on the open market once they get released from their team in the buyout market so but um it's gonna be tough for them I just feel like they're just they're too committed and a lot of cap and they're three top players where it's just it's too it's it's impossible for them to really make moves that are gonna even if they they were to make any of these trades none of them are really gonna make them jump over golden State where they're at right now, even with the you don't think a LeBron left, tra- so. trade would make them? I think that wouldn't we, the LeBron chains would, but I'm just saying that's the last one that would ever like happen. If that that
2: that's would fair. be some, that's fair.
1: Palenka's not that smart to do a trade like that. How about that?
2: <laughs> he's, he's
1: not he wouldn't pull it off for you. So it makes sense and yes, they would be better, but other than that, um Harden still being on the team, you trade C P three it's nothing's going to make you so run it back. You've already committed. Just keep on, you know, it sucks, but hey, you, they they did this to themselves with uh, knowing who they're building it around. I mean, so they just, they got to yeah. hope and pray that some other team takes out who, you know, their, their nemesis and in, in gold state, and they don't have to worry about them in the Western conference final. And that's how they make it. So, or they actually end up just beating them somehow. With um, you know, next year just without a Kevin Durant with team
0: the whole time, so we'll we'll see, we'll see. It's interesting though. Yeah, hey, Curry Curry's got those ankles, man. You never know. Um, but uh, hey, knock on wood too, because we obviously wouldn't want that to happen. But I mean, it seems like that's the kind of thing that it would take. Um, but yeah, I I I kind of expect them to keep most of these guys too. Um, I could see. I don't think Paul or Harden are going anywhere. Um, Capella is probably the most likely, to, or, or P.J. Tucker. I think Capella or Gordon are the most likely to be moved in some kind of form or fashion because, you know, Capella d- d- does still have, um, you know, value, even though he's overpaid. Um, and, and Gordon as an expiring at $14 million. Like, certainly that, that holds value. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be tough. Hopefully they at least use, like, the – you know, mid-level exception this year, which they did not do last year, um, to try and like, you know, get some wing help. Um, you know, like a, I don't know, Wayne Ellington. Like if you could pay him part of the mid-level exception, still manage to stay under the, the tax. Um, like he'd be a guy who'd be, you know, a nice fit. Um, maybe you could plug him into the starting lineup and, and bring Eric Gordon off the bench again or something like that. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. All right, uh, we'll make this one quick. I'm going to take a page out of Rachel Nichols' book here. Um, Anthony Davis met with David Griffin um, a couple days ago in Los Angeles um, to discuss, I would imagine, uh, Griffin's future, Davis's future, his future with or without the team, You know, all of these kinds of things. Uh, so something, nothing or everything.
1: No, I mean, I think, uh, I think that it it had to be done. Um, I think Griffin's a really smart coach and he understands what he's doing. I mean, not coach, uh, GM. And, uh, he actually understands how to uh, run an organization, all that. So I feel like, you know, he's got to meet this star player that obviously is a very transcendent player. Um, and see if there's anything that he can do to smooth it over. I mean, it might not work, but even if he can just get confirmation, and Anthony Davis is just like, hey man, I'm sorry, like yeah, we could have Zion, and and I see what you're saying and all that, but it's just at this point, it's too far gone. Um, I could, I just like Griffin just being like, hey man, just let it be on my terms that, you know, I'm gonna trade you, and everything like, don't don't keep on leaking it out there. And do what you did this year, where, where, where you know you're saying all these things like, let me do the trade, I'll make the right one, we'll make it work for all sides, like we'll just do like how normal things, how normal trades are behind doors. Uh, so I think you right. know, it was it was smart for him to do it right now because you know we're coming up on the end of the year, might as well not not have like any kind of conversation with them before you know, I mean they moved up the free agency and the draft too. So you kind of want to be like, you know, we're even though everyone knows their tickets on just like, here's my whole plan and all that. So I think it was smart by Griffin might as well see what you can do. If there's any way you can turn this around, run it back. Um, I don't think if they, if they do convince them, I don't think it's going to be one of those ones where people have been like, you can just trade them at the trade deadline. Um, I just think the, you know, he uh, Griffin already understands that if, if I'm gonna trade you, I gotta trade you right now when I can get the most out of you. Not yeah. right a trade deadline where I'm not getting everything. So I just think it was just uh one of those kinda kinda of things. So, you know, uh nothing wrong with meeting your star player that wore that's all folks show to um the last basketball game ever, but uh <laughs> hey, that was, that wasn't your team that you're running.
0: Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I think it's smart on Griffin's part. Um, I don't expect much to have come out of it as far as um, anything, like anything to change between like Davis to change Davis's mind or um, to, to change the situation that, that Griffin finds himself in. Um, but I mean, I, like you said, I think you know you sit down, you have a discussion with him. Um, if he makes it clear that he still wants wants to be traded and there's there's nothing you know that you could do as a gm to make him happy and make him want to stay um you know short of you know maybe you know if he if he says you know hey like if you take that number one pick and flip it into somebody who's actually like really good right now like like if he said trade trade the number one pick for bradley beal and number nine I think Washington has and see what you can flip for number nine and to get, you know, other things. Like at that point, if I'm David Griffin, I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Like I I appreciate that that would get you to like stay for a year. Um, If that's not getting you to actually sign the extension, like at the moment that I make that trade, I'm not doing it. And I would still have to even think about it. Um, you know, if 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 you did agree to sign the extension, um, but I I don't expect any of that kind of stuff to happen. I mean, he wants out of there. That's I mean, that's kind of become clear at this point. And you know, um, it, it, but it's good to sit down and meet with your guy. Um, I think one thing of interest here is, um, if they do trade him to the Lakers, they. Or, or you know, whoever they trade him to, and just in the future in general, they're probably going to end up with more clutch sports clients on their team. David Griffin is very smart about this. He recognizes that you don't want to be at odds with an entire um, uh, agency. That's how you end up not being able to get Paul George – um you know, because obviously um that was a factor in and um you know paul George's agent not wanting to send him to Los Angeles now obviously paul George is still the the person who made that decision um but I have no doubt in my mind that uh given the the track record with the Lakers and that in in his agent um that played some some at least some amount of of a factor so I think it's smart on his part not only to kind of see where you're at with Davis, but to make sure that you are, are, you know, crossing all the T's, dotting dotting all the I's, as far as how to go about making uh, like leaving this relationship without a sour taste in, in the mouth of, uh, Rich Paul and clutch sports. Um, Particularly if you say end up trading him to the Lakers and you get number four in return, and then you draft a player um, who was just signed by Clutch Sports, i.e., a Gary Garland um, or a Cam Reddish. So I think it makes a lot of sense to me to to do this. I don't make much of it, but I think it's just David Griffin being smart and being calculating, and um, just it 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 definitely makes you. Uh, makes you question why the Lakers didn't just fire everybody immediately and be like, come, please come here. And David Griffin, <laughs> like we, we really want you. Um, but of course they did not. Um, but anyway, we can move on from that one. Um, I want to get, uh, just your, your brief thoughts before um, I get your take on the finals. Um, post combine. Um, I, I, I had a couple players that stood out to me at the combine. Um, First one being uh, Nicholas Claxton. Um, he's moved out my board and a lot of people's boards um, based off his performance at the combine. Um, big man out of University of Georgia, Go Dogs, uh, who is a, you know, he's 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 a big. He's like 6'10", six ten, six eleven, but you know, he was there primary instigator on offense, um, facilitator, I guess I should say. Uh, and you know, he, uh, obviously has the ability to handle the ball. Um, very good passer, um, especially for, for a guy of his size. Um, he's solid in the paint, good rebounder. Um, his his shooting, uh, is, you know, leaves something to be desired. Um, but this, this kid is like the kind of, uh, somewhat the kind of uh, athlete that you really would be looking at as far as the the center position of the future. His ability to switch and guard the perimeter is
2: outstanding,
0: Um, and that was probably the biggest takeaway that I had from him at the Combine. Um, I've moved him up into the mid-20s as far as my board. Um, I I think he may still – I'm crossing my fingers that he drops to thirty (laughs) five. Um, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if say you're Celtics, if they're looking at, you know, trying to take another big man, I don't know if they are, cause they did just take Robert Williams. Right. Um, but if that is some, something that they want to address, you I know, mean, I, I would totally be comfortable with taking Nick Claxton at 22. Um, I think if he can figure out his shot, he's going to be great. I think he's going to be solid regardless. Um, do you. I, do you have the same opinion that I have on him? Um, and like, is there, is there a guy who, who kind of stood out to you from, uh, the workouts or, or just, um, a guy in general who, um, you feel like has, has gotten a boost lately?
1: No, I mean, no, Clarkson definitely, um, showed, I mean, he just, he, like you say, six ten. um, if you watched Georgia last year. He definitely ran the point for them for some reason, just because they didn't really have a point guard and he got injured, and yeah, actually did pretty well at it. And like you say, in the way that NBA is going these uh, nowadays, it, it seems like more than these types of centers that can do more than just post down low and all that, and and get you occasional like block and all that. So, I mean, I think it's big. Uh, I still don't have him as high as you. I can see him possibly some teams this year. I feel like the draft's going to be about teams that make, uh, like, instead of in the later and, like, early, like, um, second round, instead of, like, a person that can help them, they're going to take these guys that could be, like, you know, that could be really good. Like, uh, Naz Reed, too, is another one that I've always been so He didn't have that great of a combine, but, I mean, I've watched him last year at LSU. The kid knows how to shoot a three-pointer. I mean, 6'10". That's true. very hard to combine. I mean, like, he definitely knows how to, like, throw the floor, like, I can see people. Uh, another one that I'm gonna maybe butcher his name. Um, he's from FSU. Um, give me a second. I <laughs> I need to look at it. But I need to look at it before I say it uh, because it's, um, <laughs> I'm know. gonna it's, I'm gonna leave this one up to you, man. <laughs> Mifundo
0: Ka-be- uh
1: Bengeli. Now he's another one I think that I can see
0: possibly. I think it's Kabengele, but yeah, um. Bengeli, yeah,
1: but. <laughs> But all these, like, their bigs are just, like, they're very interesting. And they're kind of, like, are fitting, like, you know, you're more mold of, like, where you want. And, like, they're just, like, very tall and lengthy. Like, I can see, like, you know, teams taking more risks. Instead of getting that, like, guy that could possibly help out right now, like, you're a winning team, you already make the playoffs. Or maybe just taking a guy that could be, like, a little project and and jumping on him early. Like you're saying, you you would love for Claxton to fall into – the second round where you guys are at, but I could definitely see him getting taken. I mean, if the Celtics were to do it, I mean, it'd be interesting. I I definitely think at the time of 22, there's a lot more people on the board. But uh, another one that uh, I talked about last week, and I knew I blew his – I blew your mind when I had him high, just because, I mean, I don't think he's going to go where I had him to Minnesota. But Luka uh, – Samanich. Samanich? Samanich? Another guy yeah. I could definitely see um, taking in, like, you know, right out of the lottery, uh, early 20s, a um, guy that knows how to shoot well. I mean, yeah,
2: he's yeah, from he Croatia and all that. He stu- still
1: – yeah, it's, it's still looked really good. Definitely um, those first uh, – the whole first um, game that they had, he's definitely the one that just dominated that whole time. Like, he definitely was, like, mm-hmm. on the best one right here. So, He's a very interesting one and all that. But what really got me was – it's not the guys like, you know, um, I always like – it's hard to judge too um, in these little quick scrimmages and all that because talent might not be – you might be stuck with some people that are not fully – and you're not having the top guys because a lot of them already know what they're doing, so they're only doing measurements. So the measurements are a big one out of me. I mean, big one that I was looking at is what was Culver's size, Um, how tall is he really? I know that was a big one where people had yeah. him listed from, like, 6'8 and all of that, and now it's, like, he's true 6'6", six, six, which I always thought he was. I don't, like, hold it down on but it's, like, you know, you get to see his measurements. Um, Brandon Clark with his, uh, you know, smaller wing sides, like, be these players that you kind of understood, like, you know, there's going to be these limitations, but they're still really good players. But um, I like the ones that get the promises that, that I didn't think that would they would skip out on the scrimmages, and that's uh, Matisse Theibel. um out of Washington. Yeah. Very interested in him. Definitely, you know, I've always
0: he's not one of those guys that's where have you know, have Celtics written the fuck all over him, bro. Hey, <laughs> rumor is that he's he could Spartan. have
1: been he's that, right that's there. their process. Rumor is that he supposedly got the promise from them. So I'm not saying anything. I mean I like hey. it all the way. He's a three and D kind of guy. I just don't think I yeah. could see another team jumping on it, but it's just it's interesting, like guys like that are getting promises right now, like and, um, you know, he could do it. I mean, his offensive game still has a lot of work to do to it, but he shot, you know, well from the three-point line, Um, you know, his whole college career and very good defensive player. And where you're at right now is that if you don't have one really good niche and you're not super athletic and there's possibly that, I mean, might as well be a three and D kind of a guy. I mean, that's, you know, you see yeah. more of them actually being better for teams for championships and all that and, he definitely fits that mold right now, like coming out and definitely could be your three and D kind of guy. So those are the ones that really, I mean, Garland, I didn't think he would do the whole uh, workouts. I don't think, um, you know, he'd do uh, maybe do like some of the drills to let people see how his knee is and all that, but just to only do the measurements was very surprising to me. I mean, obviously he's got a very like, so those ones are the ones that interest me is like, you've already got this promise though. There's something, you know, that, that, I mean, we all see it, but those are the ones that are definitely like, you know, because Bibles already uh, obviously cemented himself as a first round pick. I mean, it took me until no, yeah. the end of the year to really have him in the first round. I mean, that me was too. one that obviously if you, if you've got this promise, you're not getting a promise, like, Hey man, I'm going to take you in the second round. It's like, yeah, man. Okay. I'll skip out. No, you want to improve your right. stock as much that you already got your promise that you're in the first round. I mean, you could be like last year, like Ernie uh, obviously got the problems. I mean, he was hurt, but he obviously knew that Atlanta was going to take him. Cause I mean, it's not like Atlanta made that Atlanta was like at all causes will get you. So it's just like, it's those were like ones that are just like the more surprising that they didn't have to do anything to raise their stock to be like a Nick Claxton and get themselves out that, you know, the body of work, it's like, they don't have the highest feelings and the, and they do, but they're just like, they could do really well. And, That's just kind of what you want. And if you can get them in like the, the later, like 18 to 24, there's nothing wrong with taking the swing on a guy like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, uh, so a couple other people who stood up, to me, Grant Williams, um, uh, scored very well on like basketball, the, the, I guess the basketball IQ test that they do there. Um, so that'll be interesting. A lot of, He's got a lot of movement. Like there are people who have him as low as like an early second rounder. There are people who have him in the late lottery. Um, I've seen a lot of variation on him. Um, I have him uh, as like a um, right around number twenty. I'm not sure um, exactly where as of right now. Um, I don't have my list in front of me, but somewhere in that ballpark. Um, but I think I think he's really interesting. Uh, I think another player who kind of fits the same mold as him, PJ Washington, your dude. Um, I think he kind of, I think his general stock is higher, um, probably because of his size and, and his um, more apt three-point shooting. Um, I think Williams kind of, I think he's a smarter player, um, but but he doesn't seem to have the intangibles that Washington brings. Um, I'll be really interested to see, like, which one of those guys goes first. Um, like I said, P.J. Washington generally considered um, the better prospects across most sports. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I've seen some people who have Williams ranked considerably a, a, above him. Um, so, I, I think that'll be an interesting thing to follow. Um, I uh, also – like, just a few guys who I think, um, maybe if not should consider going back to college, like, um, should be fully aware that they may be looking at two way contracts at best, um, and you know, potentially even going undrafted and having to try to, you know, um, sign from there, uh, uh. Shit, I just had it. Um, uh, shit, what's his name? Uh, oh, Charles Bassey um, out of Western Kentucky. Um, that dude's stock was super high. Um, he was first-rounder um, at at least on one of my mocks. Um, he just continue, continually fell um, throughout the year for me. Um, he he shoots reasonably well from 3 but on a very um, l- low attempt margin um he he looks lost trying to like uh, pick up pick up uh defensive positioning and things like that um which i mean to some degree you can teach but like he looks really lost when he's on a basketball court on the defensive end um and like get, you know you don't have to have like the most elite defensive center. Um, But defense is really probably most important at the center position. Um, And, and the fact that he just doesn't seem like he at all knows what he's doing and he doesn't bring you that sort of elite scoring upside that say a dude like Deandre Ayton brings you, it's hard to see the value in that. Um, I still think someone's going to take him in like the mid second round. um, But, I wouldn't <laughs> like, I would not want my Hawks to take him at 41 or 44. I just think there's, there's going to be better players available there. Um, Isaiah Roby. He's another guy who has, I think his stock has risen some. Um, I definitely, I mean, he's, he's not the most physical guy and that's the biggest knock on him. Cause he's really an interior player who, who plays with finesse. and He doesn't have the physicality that you would want, but again, Strength and conditioning, NBA, um, just like I you know brought up earlier with the Lakers and Amari Spellman, like you like you can get a guy to put on some some muscle mass um once you get him in. I mean, we have so many examples of that. Um so I, I think I think he'll end up being a mid second rounder. Um I, I like him. I would be totally fine if the Hawks took him at forty four. Um and uh, there was one other guy. Oh, DaQuan Jeffries. Um, he's he's a guy that that six foot five, um, super athletic. I, I think that he. I don't. I have no idea where he's going to go. See, I think he could be as high as like a, a late first rounder, um, or he could go undrafted. I don't think he's going to go undrafted. I expect him to be somewhere in, like, the late 30s, early 40s. Um, I, I He's just a guy that I, I would definitely um, take a very long look at. I just feel like he's a guy who um, he just fits what you want in today's style of NBA player. Um, he's got, you know, uh, several weaknesses, but I do think um, he's the kind of guy that I would roll the dice on, um, especially in that, like, you know, picks, you know, 40 through 50 uh, type range. And one more guy um, that I think really raised his stock at the Combine, Terrence Mann. Um, this kid is just all motor, all effort, can't shoot to save his fucking life. Um, but uh, he gives you everything else. He's he's a big body on the wing. Um, he, he, he looks like he's going to be excellent defensively. Um, kind of reminds me of like a uh, like a Tony Allen type, uh, just bigger. And uh, if you can ever get him to fucking hit a jump shot, dude, I mean, if, if this kid, like, if this kid shot, like, even 36% from three, he'd be a first-round pick easy. Um, I, I totally expect him to be basically somewhere in, you know, yeah. the the 40s to 60, to 60 range, um, probably – probably like I would say no lower than like 55 Um, but I totally think he'll get drafted Um, he may be a two-way player um, for for you know a couple seasons but I I think he's going to be good I do Um, I I I like um, I like the effort Um, I like uh, all of the intangibles it's just can he get his shot together Um, but yeah a lot of interesting things going on um, of course, we're going to continue to follow it. We'll be covering um, the draft up to and during and after and all of that. Um, so that will be a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, be sure to uh, to stay tuned for that in the coming weeks. And, yeah, yeah, fuck, we're only like, what, three or four weeks away now. Um, you know, we're knocking on its door, dude. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but, all right, final topic of the night. Final thoughts on leading into the finals. Uh Joel and I gave our, our, our thoughts last week just to sum up mine. Um I think the Warriors will win in six. Um, regardless of whether K D comes back or not. I do expect him to come back uh if if it looks like you know, that you know, if they split on the road, um I, I think he comes back if Golden State goes and wins both on the road, he probably doesn't. Um but uh yeah, I think they went in six. Um I think if Toronto has any chance in hell, one, they need to cross their fingers that KB doesn't come back. Uh two, um they have to lock down defensively. Um they have a very good defensive team, but they're they're gonna need to really turn it up a notch. Um, I do kind of like Kawhi guarding Draymond because he, he can protect the pick and roll. Um, you know, and he can sag off Draymond when he's not in pick and roll and play help defense. Um, it seems to be an interesting way to go about um, playing him. But, yeah, they, I mean, they got to be great defensively. And then my big thing is they have got to attack Golden State's weaker links. Um, we saw how deep into that roster that uh, that uh, Kerr went with um, against Portland, and, dude, they, they fucking played – 12 13 different guys in a fucking game uh in, in in some of those games and it's just baffling it's just like damn dude you just fucking played everybody on your fucking on, on your active roster um you cannot let them do that you've got to attack Quinn cook when he's out there you've got to attack uh swedish larry <laughs> shout out to ben Sim- or bill simmons on that one um uh jonas urebko uh you, i mean you gotta you gotta go after these guys you Cannot let those guys stay out on the court because your best bet in beating this team is forcing all of those guys who are actually good to play 40, 40 plus minutes tonight. Um, and if if they can get by with playing thirty five, and you each you know, and you and they can you know put these these weaker players out there for for spells at a time, um, like you're you're gonna get fucking. You're gonna lose. You're not gonna win. Um, so those those are the three big things. Probably uh, the one other thing is just like kind of uh, slow the pace down. Take take the the obvious transition um, buckets, but like don't 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 make stupid passes to try and get a quick outlet in transition. Um, like you need to slow the pace of the game down. Don't let Golden State. Don't try to get into a running contest with Golden State because you're gonna lose. Um, that's a lot of things that I feel like Toronto has to do in order to pull this one out. I don't feel like they're going to be able to do all of them. Um, hence why I have golden state and six. Um, but I, I not, you know, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that Toronto can pull this out. Um, it's just going to take a Herculean effort, uh, if you will. But, uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts? Uh, on this series before you know we uh, get to sit down and watch it.
1: Um, I think it'll be interesting. I don't know if Kevin Durant's necessarily going um, to play. Just because I know he traveled with the team, but I just think you know, just to see how it is and all that. But if I'm him and they're playing well, I don't think the way that Golden State looked the last time I saw him, it's going to be really hard to stop the, what they're doing. I mean, yeah, the, it was great numbers. What um, Kawhi was able to do to Giannis and all that, but unless he's really just having other people step up with him and all that, you just looked at how the last two series, how overly dependent they are on Kawhi to do everything. I mean, it took him 40 shots to get through the 76ers. They didn't do, have to do as much last time. I mean, you're not going to get the Fred Band leaps shooting. Lights out in two games, only missing three three pointers or something like that. That's not going to happen in the finals. Um, I just don't see the other people stepping up—the Lowry's, the Siakams, the Gasols, and all that—stepping up to do what a team that's been there the last, you know, this is the fifth year in a row. They know how to play. It's the same team. I have more confidence in Iguodala than I do really in the second player for Toronto right now just because
2: it's a whole <laughs> yeah. different
1: game I mean and I just I feel like don't State I, like even right now they have the like Cousins is active right now I don't see Cousins having any help to them right now even if he's a hundred percent I just don't see that him I think he's more of a minus right now getting into this team right now because he just doesn't fit it what they're doing and it's just run it the way you have I mean it's going to suck and all that and yeah you might put a lot of strain on five to six guys and all that i don't see them having to do what they did and going to like you know 11 deep and all that but i just feel like um right now it's going to come i could see the first game golden state shocking toronto even though it'll be a good game i see golden state shocking them and winning and but i have it in six as well um i wanted to do it earlier than that but i do feel like why has shown that he is probably one of the best players right now. And um, he could definitely sway a game. And I can see, I mean, if, like like you said, his best best option right now is playing green and all that and trying to do that. But I could see him just being a smart player and not like Houston and D'Antoni and watching Curry murder you. I could just see him being like, all right, all of you guys, there's going to be a mismatch somewhere else, but – you're not doing it, and I'm covering Curry. I'm just going to straight up just take him oh, out yeah. and, and all that. Like, he's not going to be able to stop Kevin Durant, but I just feel like Kevin Durant's cap injury is, is more than, than what it is, and I just feel like that's going to be his limitations rather than Kawhi doing what he did against Giannis to Kevin Durant. They're just two different players and all that. But I can right. definitely see uh, Kawhi just being like, hey, I'm not letting Curry beat me. Like, he beat me one game. And I kind of sat back and let you guys do it, but not, not happening twice. So I can see him making an interesting, I mean, like you said, Toronto, there is that small chance where you play the series, you know, over a certain amount of time and they oddly do win like, you know, a good like seven out of the 20. Like there, there, there are those times where they can definitely win and all that. But I just, I I don't think it's right now. It's just Nick nurse kind of looked a little lost. Um, not saying he's a bad coach and not saying he's bad for them, but he kinda of just looked lost in the moment and um Kerr just being just just this whole team five years in a row. They know the whole parade, they hold them like they know everything, the whole theatrics behind it and I think they're gonna take care of business and I unfortunately just think it's gonna be without Kevin Durant and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I do think Kevin Durant makes them a way better team and, and all that. I just think but right now, the way that – the last time I saw them, they've been sitting for a while, so they could have, like, you know, cold feet and all that and haven't been. But the last time I saw them, they just – they look really just in their stride. Just after game six of Houston, they just turned into a whole new beast.
0: Yeah. They, I mean, they really did. Um, by the way, who who's going to sneak a foot under Kawhi on, on a jump shot? Is it Swedish Larry? Is that who they're going to ask to do it this time?
1: No, I'm, I'm pretty sure they still got Zaza somehow in the books. They're like, yo, he still here, but we're bringing him back? Yes.
0: So it's going to be
1: Zaza. Somehow. Maybe, you just, so maybe you
0: just pay for Zaza to have, like, a courtside seat so he could just sit there and stare at Kawhi to intimidate him. <laughs> um, yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Don't get me
1: wrong. I do think Kawhi knew, but that Spurs team, that one year where he did get tripped, Kawhi would definitely, I mean, I do feel like they – if he didn't get hurt, I had a feeling that they were going to win. But that Spurs team's different than this Toronto team. That Spurs team was still kind of the the last of the people that have been to the finals and have been there. So it was a a well more like rounded, I don't think they're more talented. Yeah. There. No, not yeah yeah so, more experienced team. That's what I'm saying. They just kind of understood. Yeah. So it's a different team, and it's just they're just Toronto. It's just, it's the last two series that just showed me that. They're a good team, but they're too heavily, like, riding on Kawhi and everything yeah. that Kawhi can do.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, ultimately I agree with you. They're going to need at least two other guys to step up, um, and, you know, we'll see if that happens. Um, I, I think you maybe already answered this question by saying you wanted to take it in less than six, but you you settled on six. What What would you – what do you think is more – what would shock you more, for Golden State to sweep them or for Toronto just to win the series? Golden State to sweep them.
1: Um, I just feel like Toronto's not Portland, not anything against Portland and all that. And, you know, that that's the last thing. That, but Toronto's actually, like, they do – what I hope that they can get is good bench minutes out of a lot of people and try to just run that way. So I do see two games. I was contemplating it in five just because I could see Golden State, one of those games where they're losing the whole time and they just snuck it out the end.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I, I would be more surprised with a sweep. Um. I think – I or Portland. I think Toronto's going to get two. I really do. I think they'll get one at home and then maybe, like, win game five um, type of situation. Um, Or maybe win, you know, one of the games uh, in Golden State and then, you know, lose the next, you know, the last two or something. Um, I feel hard-pressed to think it's going to go seven. Um, But, hey, if it does, Toronto does have home court advantage. So um, I would fucking love for it to go seven. Um, That'd be awesome. And, you know what, I I would – as much as i'm um anti toronto <laughs> because of you know what they did to the sixers i, I still like I still would kind of like them to win it i mean it'd be great for the city of toronto um especially given the utter collapse of the maple leaves um and you know it would just be uh it'd be nice to uh to for the for the warriors to get humbled um it would it would be a treat uh, but you know we'll we'll see how it all plays out. I mean, um, if there if there's one guy that can do it, it's definitely Kawhi. All right, we're gonna wrap this thing up. But before we do, I do want to ask you because um, there's been a lot of talk about this lately. Who's the best player in the league? We got Kawhi. We got KD. LeBron hadn't been in the in the playoffs this year, so it's almost like he didn't even count. We had Giannis in the mix until you know he he went out. Um, uh, I think you got to throw Steph Curry in it uh, based off what, you know, he did um, once KD went down. Um, like, it, it, who do you think right now, gun to your head, who do you think is the best player in the league right now? Kevin Durant. Um, don't get me wrong.
1: A lot of those guys you say are really good, and it's really hard just to just do a quick one like that. But um, I just everything that Kevin Durant can do – offensively, and I think that we really just don't, like, he's really underrated in his defensive game. He's not a, you know, he's not a bad defensive player, but I just
0: feel like... Well, it doesn't help that he was just fucking lazy as shit this whole regular season, and he he didn't play with any, like, intensity. (laughs) And even in that Clippers series, uh, he was pretty lazy defensively. When he wants to be good defensively, he's really fucking good.
1: But Kevin Durant's definitely at that 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 age. I mean, don't get me wrong, Steph can get a shot whenever he wants, but and all that. But if you have one of these guys that want to come up, like I said, a Kawhi could definitely shut him down and all that. But I just had the most faith in Kevin Durant. Is just he's gonna get to his shot no matter what, and it's just it's unstoppable. Yeah. Um, I feel like next year we're really gonna get the true value once he. Goes to his own organization, does things, and, like, really just like, oh, damn, well, this is Kevin Durant that we kind of forgot how dominant. is. So, I'm just going to go with Kevin. Don't get me wrong, Kawhi is definitely a better two-way player and all that, but I just feel like, mm-hmm. I don't know, Kevin, Dur- Kevin Durant right now is just – Kevin Durant right now just would just destroy Kawhi. If he was healthy and was going a healthy – like Warriors team from like if they were running into the Warriors team of last year, what happened? LeBron and Kevin Durant just dismantled him. I just Kawhi being the great player that he is, he just you're just not stopping KD, um, and he just knows it. I just feel like he's he's in his prime, and he just knows that I'm just unstoppable right now.
0: I agree with you. I think Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA. I think Kawhi is. Second or third, I still put LeBron in that top three, even though you know he got hurt this year, and he didn't, obviously the team didn't make the the fine or the finals, fuck like, the the playoffs. Um, but I, I mean, I I feel like there was oh there was a lot of shit going on in L. A. as we discussed for the first half hour of this pod um, that you know led to to them not making the playoffs. Um, In their dysfunction in general, but just in a vacuum, I still think LeBron is on that level. But I think those are your three guys right now, um, that are just the three most well-rounded crafted best players in the league. Um, LeBron obviously lacks a lot defensively that, that, you know, from where he used to be. And even what Kevin Durant shows night to night and everything, um, but, I mean, you know, you put LeBron in, you know, uh, a seven-game series, and he's going to flip that switch. He's going to turn it on defensively. Um, now, whether whether his teammates who have slacked off on defense all year, as we saw, you know, with Cleveland last year, are able to do that is a different story. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he, he's still up there for me. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think Kevin Durant is just – he, I mean, he, he, like you said, he can just get he can get a shot anytime he wants to get it. He just he's so fucking tall. He's his wingspan's crazy. Where he releases his shot is just above everybody else's hands. Anybody else's standing reach, um, and you know he, he just it, it makes it impossible to guard him. And you know that's that's the thing. Like with Kawhi, um, as good as Kawhi is like you can affect him um you you can um you can make it difficult for him I, you know it, it, he hasn't really gotten shut down in these playoffs he really struggled in that first game against uh Milwaukee and there were a couple games in that uh in that Philadelphia series um where Simmons and Butler did a really good job of slowing him down uh, but for the most part he's gotten what he wants um but like you, you can't affect him. His he's strong as fuck though. Like when he when he decides he's getting to the paint and he's got that finesse move where he can kind of bully you and, and bump you back, but not draw the charge and then back up and take the floater. Like that move is so fucking solid. Um, but like yeah, dude, KD uh, he, he just. Um, uh, it, 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 the only thing that could possibly stop KD is just KD. Like, KD just being off because um, n- nobody is going to guard him. The only person that I think could act – those two people I think maybe could guard him. Um, and one would be Kawhi. The other would be Giannis just because of Giannis's link. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's just – he's so fucking good. But I'll tell you this. If uh, if the Raptors end up winning this series, I definitely think Kawhi – at least gets the moniker, because um, if you beat the Warriors, I don't give a fuck if they got KD or not. If You beat the Warriors uh, with the guys you got on that Toronto team, you, you get the mantle. You're 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 at least for next season. Going into next season, he's the best player in the league. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you though. As of right now, I, I would go KD, and I think I think the narrative would still be ma- the majority would still. be Pick Katie, KD if he hadn't gotten hurt um, because KD's blueprint would still be all over um, the series that they've played instead of it going, transitioning back to their, um, you know, share, share the ball, um, you know, strength the numbers kind of format. But, um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I think, I think next year we should probably do like a, I don't want to do like an expansive list, but like a top 20 or something. Uh, preseason, top 20 best players in the league. Um, that'd be fun. Uh, but uh, anyway, Luke, uh, always a pleasure, man. Appreciate you joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Peace out. Peace, brother. And thank you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, it's a fun podcast. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, we got some more great content coming your way later this week. Um, obviously, we got some finals games that we'll be breaking down next Tuesday and Thursday. Um, we will eventually get to our um, uh, uh, awards uh, for, for the season. Um, we were planning on doing that tonight, but unfortunately, uh, Joelle and Jawan had conflicts, so we had to postpone. Um, but we will get to that eventually. Um, and uh, be sure to check out uh, Wrestling Geeks Alliance this Saturday, a uh, special Saturday edition of WGA uh, with Dane and Chris. Uh, and Geek Vibes Live will be coming at you Sunday. Um, we have some other great shows, uh, you know, this week. Um, Geeks Against the Grain on Friday and uh, TIA's Top Ten uh, Saturday morning. So be sure to check those out as well. Um, but uh, we'll catch you next week.
2: Until then, peace.